Welcome to episode 13 of ShimmyCast. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. And for this week's show, we will continue Salome's article on costuming with the section on Egyptian costumes. And we have a review of the CD Mediterranea by Johan Lidstein. And of course, we also have answers to the question of the week and our news recap. And this week's music is from the Headroom Project and the Bedlam Bards. And I'd also like to remind you that the deadline for submissions to the article contest is Monday, August 21st at noon Greenwich Mean Time. And those should be emailed to shimmycast at gmail.com with the subject line article contest. And for more information about that, go to the message board. And now on to answers to the question of the week. So I'm going to answer the question of what is your favorite costume or costume piece and why. And my favorite is my first costume and it's my favorite because it was my first costume and my mom and I made it together. It consists of a green velvet bra and belt set and a three semicircle skirt. Uh, one semicircle circle makes the front panel and the other two are sewn together to make the back of the skirt and um, the front panel is kind of on its own and so it has um, slits all the way up to the waistline pretty much <laughs> on both sides and um, circles are really hard to get a clean hem on so my mom found this beautiful ribbon to trim the hem of the skirt and I just love this costume because I feel so beautiful in it. And I also feel very proud because my mom and I made it together. And I've had several offers, you know, up to like $200, $300 for just the skirt, which really flatters me and makes me feel very privileged to have such a talented mom because the skirt was all her. I just helped cut the material out. Um, but I would never sell this skirt because it was my first costume piece and I still wear it. It goes with nearly everything in my wardrobe and because my mom made it especially for me, so I'm not selling it, <laughs> but, um, I have posted some pictures of it on the message board so you guys can see it. And now your ShimmyCast news. August 11th, Club Rakesha Hofla will be held in Doncaster, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. August 11th through 13th, Jillian Workshops in Prague, Czech Republic. August 11th through 13th, Leila Giovanna and Roland Workshops in Chattanooga, Tennessee. August 13th, Sonia Workshop in Redwood City, California. August 17th through 20th, Yahala Yal 2006 in Grapevine, Texas. August 18th, Ujami will be performing in Birmingham. August 18th through the 20th, Tribal Cafe 2006, workshops in Redlands, California. 
August 18th through the 21st. Tito Show and Workshops in Richmond, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. August 19th, Oasis Beyond the Veil is presenting Raven Moon Workshops in St. Louis, Missouri. August 19th, Ujami will be performing in Pondedware Festival in Wales. August 19th, Egyptian Stick Dance Workshop in Dalesford, Victoria, Australia. August 19th, Sonia Workshop in New York City, New York. August 20th, Johan Lindston in Concert, Lemington, Ontario, Canada. August 20th, Ojami will be performing in Hull. August 23rd, Johan Lindston will be performing in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. August 25th, the Gypsy Fire Belly Dancers will be performing at the River's Edge Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. August 25th through the 26th, a weekend of workshops and show with Master Instructor Hydea in Seattle, Washington. August 26th, Stars of Perth, Middle Eastern Hofla in Karenyup, Western Australia. August 26th, Sonia of the Billy Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Sedona, Arizona. August 26th through 27th, the 5th Annual Oriental Nights Workshops. Uh, the first night it is in Laguna Hills and the second night in Sherman Oaks, California. August 26th through 27th, Gathering of the Tribes, Tribal Pura Workshop and Show in Helsinki, Finland. August 27th, the Polished Performance Summer Hofla in San Jose, California. And this is a registration deadline notice to get an early bird discount for the Tribal Fusion Weekend in Evergreen and Denver, Colorado to be held on September 23rd and 24th. You need to get your registration in by September 9th. And there are several different packages available, so check out the link to the website. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week. And as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our website. This week's review is of the CD Mediterranean by Johan Lindstedt, and it is reviewed by Anala Rabari. Um, I mentioned several of his concerts in the news section, so um, I think most of those are in Canada, so if you're in the, any of those areas in Canada, be sure to go check them out. This is the fifth CD by Johan Lindstedt, who is from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Among his influences, he counts Spanish guitar masters Tariga and Sor, and classical composers such as Bach, Mozart, and Beethoven. This particular album was released in September 2004 and earned the accolades of reaching number 6 on Billboard's New Age chart, was the winner of the Best World Album for the NAR Lifestyle Music Awards, and it reached number 7 on NAR's Top 100 Radio Airplay chart for September of 2004. I love this album. It has a very earthy flair to it 
And for me, it just brings to mind Mediterranean beaches with families having dance parties while they wait for the village fishing boats to come in. The songs vary from sensual rimba rhythms to um, matador bullfights to flamenco to sambas to Greek folk dance type numbers. It, it really covers the whole Mediterranean gambit of musical types. It's the perfect mix of slow, moderate, and fast-paced tracks. A few of the instruments included on this CD are Spanish guitar, bazooki, palmas, dumbek, djembe, tabla, violin, congos, bongos, and timbales. So, ton of fantastic, unusual sounding instruments. It's really hard for me to pick a few favorites out of the ten tracks, but I'm going to name Andalusa, Sangria del Tora, and Ambrosia as some of my favorites. He also has free sheet music downloads to a few songs on his website. In case you have a, mus- a musician, in case you have a musician that you would like to play live for you, you can get that sheet music to him. Uh, if your dance style is Spanish infused, flamenco influenced, or gypsy, then without a doubt, this CD is for you. Go check it out. So this week, our first music selection is from a group called Bedlam Bards, and I found out about them uh, through the Renaissance Fair circuits. Um, They go to Renaissance Fairs and play just all kinds of great um, classical, medieval, Renaissance-type music, but... um, They're also fans of the TV show that I told y'all about a while ago called Firefly that infused Eastern and Western cultures together. And they did some some of their own arrangements to the song that the belly dancer danced to in Firefly. And I emailed them, and they were gracious enough to give me permission to use uh, their music in the podcast. So what you're going to be hearing is Paquin Rendezvous. This is from their CD, On the Drift, which is, um, again, music that has been influenced by this TV show that we're both fans of. And... There are going to be links to their website and everything like that. This music is copyrighted and not available for duplication or anything like that. If you'd like it, you should go to the website and buy the CD because these are really nice, hardworking musicians. And um, they have friends who are belly dancers, and one of their friends has already danced to this particular piece in a show in Austin. And it's very cool. 
and I hope you guys enjoy it. podcast where we normally have emails and feedback and this week's feedback is going to be a little different because I'm going to give y'all feedback as listeners and my feedback to you guys is that y'all are freaking awesome my fans rock and I'll tell you why I was checking the podcast on iTunes the other day. I check it periodically to make sure the feed and everything's correct and that iTunes, the the episodes are showing up correctly in the iTunes music store. And the day after I released last week's show, I discovered that ShimmyCast was at the 13th position of the top 100 list for performing arts podcasts. Now, I've been getting conflicting reports about how these lists are put together. It's either based on the number of downloads for that day or the number of new subscribers for that day. But either way, it's based on you guys, the listeners. And as of this recording, the show has not dropped below 30th on that top 100 list. And I just want to say thank you all for this great surprise. This has been a huge validation for the show. And you guys have had everyone who has worked on the various episodes of this this podcast on Cloud9 for this whole entire week. So you as listeners should all give yourselves a big, huge pat on the back. And we're working on something really special for you guys just as a way of saying thank you for supporting the podcast. And remember, if you want to send us feedback, you can email us at shimmycast at gmail.com or you can post on our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. 
you can send us an audio and feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast or Podcast Pickle and leave reviews on iTunes. And don't forget the Frapper Map on the website. You guys have been doing a great job signing up on it. And it, it's really starting to fill up with all the little flags. It's a lot of fun. So this week's article is an excerpt from a longer article by Salome. Uh, Last week I read a section on Turkish costumes. And this week I'm going to read the section on Egyptian costumes. And then in the coming weeks I'll be sharing the last section on American costumes with you all as well. I also want to say that you should go look at the article on Salome's website Because there are a ton of great pictures and links that go along with the article. Belly Dance Costumes by Salome To the uninitiated, belly dance costumes may seem all the same. But in fact, the costuming, along with the music, essence, and expression of movement are all regionally distinct. This paper is devoted to identifying the current characteristics characteristics of mass-produced and designer costumes from Turkey, Egypt, and America. Please keep in mind that the information is a loose framework of commonalities. Crossover influences and individuality is plentiful. Also, mention of belly dance costume designers, manufacturers, and importers is not an endorsement. Conduct business at your own risk. Clarifying terminology. Bra is used to describe a costume garment, not lingerie. Belt is used to describe a costume garment that encircles the hips. Veil is used to describe a three-yard length of lightweight fabric. Egypt, a foreword. The typical Egyptian belly dance costume is a gown or a bra and skirt with hip accentuations built directly onto it. Accessories can include a headband, arm cuffs, or form-fitting unattached sleeves and a veil. In Egypt, oriental dancers are prohibited from exposing bare midriff. A body stocking made from mesh with a loose or tight weave colored or nude, is worn with two-piece sets in obedience to this law. Shoes are a possibility. Mass-produced Egyptian belly dance costumes. Lower-end mass-produced Egyptian belly dance costumes are easy to spot. The fringe is 6 to 12 inches long with each strand ending in a plastic bead or pellet. Fringe on the bra is attached in two places across the base, and then a large V starting at the outside of the cups and coming to a point where the cups adjoin. Though a bra may come with only one arrangement of fringe. The fringe on the belt attaches at the base, often with an accenting piece attached to the center, front and back of the belt. The surface of the belt and bra is stitched in one solid color of sequins and hosts no other decoration. 
There is nothing notable about the shape of the current bra used in Egyptian belly dance costumes, but the styling of the belt, low or high end, is distinct. The front part of the belt is rectangular in shape, while the back is in a half circle covering and slightly cupping the buttocks. The belt is often in one piece, unlike most Turkish belts that come in two parts, and the edges are clean and straight. To interject opinion, these mass-produced belts fit most women horribly. They are not darted to hug a woman's curving figure, so the bottom fits snugly while the top gapes unattractively. A full costume includes bra, belt, skirt, and matching rectangular or half-circle veil. Fabrics tend to be a polyester chiffon blend edged in seed beads and pellets. The skirt is either a two or three paneled circle skirt decorated in sequined flowers or a pleated circle skirt with vertical rows of sequins. Designer Egyptian Belly Dance Costumes I am lumping middle, high, end, and hook couture Egyptian belly dance costumes together because similar commentary applies to all. These costumes do not share similar characteristics with lower-end sets. Soft-flowing looks, long ample fringe, and bra belt skirt sets are in the minority. Gowns and bra with sleek skirt is where it's at. If there is fringe on the costume, chunky beads are used, often grouping several strands together and placing them sparingly on the pelvic area. Gowns and bra skirts are made of like fabric, variants of lycra rule. Gowns often have mesh-covered cutouts on the midsection. The bra cups, pelvic area, and length of the skirt are embroidered in recognizable designs, such as flowers or flowing abstracts. Materials used are sequins and a variety of beads. Stones, large stones especially, are uncommon though there is a predilection for emphasizing the nipple area with a large stone. Decoration can be sparse or incredibly opulent. Because of the polyurethane fabrics, the fit is snug and sleek. This goes for the accessories, too. A full costume is gown plus headband, sleeves, and veil, or bra skirt, headband, sleeves, and veil. Belly dance stars in Egypt often wear unique and avant-garde costumes. Standard shows are an hour with three or more costume changes. Cutting-edge costuming is an important part of the spectacle. Egyptian-style belly dancers in America, however, favor two-piece sets and gowns and leave the camouflage spandex mini-dresses and such to Dinah. Hook tour to novice Egyptian belly dance costumes. Madame Abla and Veronix are the leading hook tour of Egypt. Neither fashion house has a website, but Delea International carries both labels and Adrena carries Veronix exclusively. Elite designers have elite prices. Expect costumes to start around $800. Prices have come down considerably in the last 10 years. For high-end costumes, designer Iman 
Zaki is worth a look, and the belly dance store has a respectable collection. You should request price lists. Lost Treasures carries affordable middle-of-the-road costumes, and Pyramid Imports carries overpriced novice costumes. enjoyed the article on Egyptian costumes. Again, I encourage you to check out the link to the article as there are a lot of fantastic pictures to go with it as well as links to the businesses discussed in the article. And in the article, Salome briefly mentioned the possibility of shoes with Egyptian costuming. And this leads me to next week's question. Do you dance in shoes or do you dance barefooted? And why? To answer, you can send an email to shimmycast@gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Finally, it's time for our second music pick of the week, and this is a podcast safe music pick. And this week's pick is the song "Egyptian Wedding" from the album Apaya by The Headroom Project. I hope you all enjoy. And until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.